Who will take the pressure off of David Johnson in 2018? Should you draft Michael Crabtree ahead of Amari Cooper next year? And what's the key to winning the $100,000 grand prize in the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge? Plus, the 2017 FFPC Pros versus Joe's overall champion, Mike Beers, hangs out with us to break down his winning team, as well as who he has on his playoff challenge team with the ffpc we've got a great show for you dave gerzak is here i'm eric balkman stick around your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now what more can i say we top billing it valiant without billing it viciously found victory burnt towns and villages burning looting and pillaging murderers try to hurt us we curse them and all that children i just want the bread and bologna bundles to talk away i don't work for free i am barely giving up away so tell big and johnny and mommy to get the Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Happy New Year, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football. Welcome, Dizzle. It is the Dave it is Dave Gerzak, the Dave Gerzak. It's the Dave Gerzak show. It is the Dave Gerzak show. Coming up on tonight's Dave Gerzak show, should you be floating dynasty offers for Andrew Luck? What can Saquon Barkley do for you? And Mike Beers gives his thoughts on a potential boffo year for Marcus Mariota this fall, and he tells us how he was able to win the overall title in the 2017 Pros versus Joes competition. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, please do so at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Mike is on Twitter, at Beerswater. Uh, you can also post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFFR. If you want to chime in and talk with us, give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. Actually, earlier was the time to send them, but we'll still try to get them to them now. Uh, we have uh, chat room questions, tweets, and emails coming up later on in the show, but Dave and I will be revealing uh, if we could play in the FFPC playoff challenge, what our lineups would be like. So I don't know how many emails we're going to be able to squeeze in, but we will do our best. Uh, a couple of uh, notes uh, up to uh, start at the top of the show tonight. The 2017 18 world famous FFPC playoff challenge live. We have Dave. What was the last count that we were at? Four, four hundred, four fifty eight. Four four hundred fifty eight teams left to go. That's out of thirty five hundred teams. Uh, four so fifty six. Four fifty six. Wow. This the the power of the HSFFO or bump apparently uh, on the show tonight. So uh, yeah, definitely get in on that tonight. Uh, it'll probably sell out. What do you think, Dave? Sometime tomorrow morning, I would imagine. Uh, maybe more like around noonish. Noonish. So get in in the morning or tonight. I would just get in tonight. That way you're not going to be yeah, locked you out. Pick your team out. If you're going to get in, I would just get in and get, get the team, and then you can pick it tomorrow at your convenience. And while you're hanging out at MyFFPC.com, go ahead and click on that Dynasty tab, and you're going to see a bunch of orphan teams that are uh, looking for a good home. Uh, there, picks are listed, players are listed, uh, 
manufacturer's suggested retail price, also listed. Some of them have discounts. Some of them do not. So definitely check that out, myffpc.com slash dynasty. Uh, let's get into uh, tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to bring in uh, our guest this evening. He's been playing fantasy football for more than 15 years and has been heavily involved in best ball leagues, both as a player and as an analyst since 2014, contributing articles and data to rotoviz.com and rotogrinders.com. He spent eight years as an investment analyst before leaving the finance industry to focus on data science and technology. Well, we've all been there. Uh, and of course, he is now the reigning FFPC Pros versus Joe's champion. We follow him on Twitter at Beerswater. Please welcome into the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour your Pros versus Joe's champion, Mr. Mike Beers. Mike, thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight, man. Hey, thank you for having me. This is great. Um, excited to have a chance to talk about uh, the playoffs and uh, and what happened this year. It's been a good run. Yeah. It's uh, you definitely did uh, really everywhere. I mean, anybody who was following you on Twitter uh, saw a, a lot of great analysis, uh, best ball advice that paid off for a lot of people uh, this year. So uh, congrats to you and congrats on, on your followers on that. It's a simple follow. You just click the follow button and you get great best ball advice. From, I, I from followed him about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> that's terrible. Well, I saw the, no, I saw the link in your little... Thing. Oh, and then, like, then that's when you follow yeah, I'm like, yeah. i got to get my act together. I'm telling you, man. Well, now you're going to learn a lot. Next year will be even better. There you me. go. Well, listen, we, we all, we all uh, know that you are with uh, Roto Grinders, Rotoviz, contributing a lot of great stuff there. Can you tell us, Mike, uh, about the sort of uh, specific work that you do for those two sites and what you're contributing to them? Sure. Um, yeah, I've written... Um, you know, several articles for uh, for both websites over the past couple of years, and uh, it focused on best ball almost um, exclusively. So um, I, I take a very data-centric uh, look at it, uh, looking at the win rates of particular players um, over the past couple of years in best ball leagues, uh, you know, which picks were the best picks, and, um, and also roster construction. Roster construction has been a really big thing for me. So, um, you know, in terms of how many quarterbacks you want to roster, how many running backs, how many wide receivers, tight ends, et cetera. And um, I take a very, uh, again, like I said, data-heavy sort of systematic approach to it. Um, one of the articles I did for Rotoviz sort of early last year um, was uh, like a, an optimization of the draft. Uh, it was a um, – a, a simulation uh, using all the possible picks and um, that that teams could have made last year, trying to find the optimal roster construction. Um, and, uh, you know, I've spent probably more time than is healthy thinking about um, the best way to build a roster. <laughs> and, um, uh, but, you know, it, it helped uh, myself and um, more importantly for me, uh, a lot of the people who actually read my articles uh, win some of these leagues. So, it um, it's been great. So speaking of winning, let's talk about your awesome team. Yeah. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite players, Tyreek Hill. You got him in the 504 pick. According to my little uh, stats here in one of my dynasty leagues, he was the number five wide receiver this year. Was oh, it was it really? That's what it says. On my, you know, the week, weeks one through 16, Balky. Is that huh. fun, right? Um, no, well, it doesn't. But I, I, oh, I guess. Oh, what the hell is? <laughs> All right. How he is? I'm yeah. ro- I'm rolling with it. I'm rolling with it. Anyway, here five hundred four pick. Nine receivers went off the board in the fifth round, and uh, I'm sure none of them finished ahead of Tyreek. Probably Fitz, not. Fitz might have. Fitz was number three overall. Anyway, Fitz might have been off the board at that point, though. So why was Hill the the best pick in that round for you? 
yeah, so the thing about Hill is um, this is sort of a, a theme uh, as I draft is he was clearly going to be the number one wide receiver on his team. You know, you could argue whether or not he'd be the number one receiver, at, you know, overall with Kelsey on the roster, but. Uh, with Macklin leaving town, um, I didn't have any concerns. Uh, you know, early in the off season, I had concerns about Tyreek because he was so efficient at the end of the year, the year before. It was, you know, people were saying there's no way he can keep this up, uh, and I kind of agreed. But then uh, once Macklin was gone, it kind of didn't matter to me anymore. Uh, he just was going to get enough targets. Uh, you know, a guy that is a threat to take it to the house on every play, you feed him that much. Um, I, I really liked him even after his, his price in these drafts went up with the Macklin news. Um, and if you look at, um, you know, I don't know if you guys still have the draft board from my draft, but the seven of those um, or six of those wide receivers went after Tyreek. And I took him ahead of all those guys because they were either clearly the number two or in the case of Crabtree, debatably the number one or number two wide receiver on their team. Uh, and that's just, you know, I didn't think they were going to get that kind of volume. I want that kind of alpha dog wide receiver if I have the choice. Um, and, it, and it worked out. Mike, he got fed. Yep. No, go ahead. I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious because it obviously did work out. Dave Gerzak, you know, was was definitely on uh, the Tyreek Hill bandwagon. And Dave, you were at the end of last season. You were you were trading for him in a bunch of dynasty leagues too. Yes, I, I got him in either three or four leagues. Yeah, I mean, out, so, out of the eight that I have. So you were you were a big fan of him, Mike. I'm curious, and and I know you probably don't have all your facts and figures in front of you, but ballpark it. Um, did did you imagine that you did have a lot of shares of Tyreek Hill last year? Because based on this analysis, based on where you got him in this draft, I got to believe that this this couldn't have this had to be a recurring theme for you. Yeah, um, no, he, he certainly was among um, my higher owned wide receivers. I, I tend to because he got a little more expensive, uh, you know, creeping into the fourth round um, toward the end of the off season. Uh, those tend not to be my highest owned players. You know, I, if, where I get more concentrated is sort of in the teens um, because I, I don't like to really concentrate my risk in those um, more expensive areas. But um, among guys in that, in that range, the fourth, fifth, sixth round, um, yeah, I was buying him up. Like I said, I was avoiding him at first um, because of my concerns about the volume and the efficiency but um, it was a weird case where a player got more expensive over the off season, and I started buying him more. Um, usually, it's the other way around. Uh, but I, the opportunity just seemed too good there. Talking with Mike Beers, you can follow him on Twitter at Beerswater. He is the 2017 FFPC Pros versus Joe's overall champ, winning a uh, free FFPC main event team for his efforts in 2018. What, Getting, are, what other bonus little thingies were there with first place? Do you remember? Do, do we have other bonus thingies? Mike, were there, yeah, yeah, people are throwing in crap left and right usually for whoever <laughs> wins this thing. What else did you get? Like, you know, a plush toy or something from football guys or, or what? Uh, well, I, I got a few tweets mentioning my name, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, nice. on this show. So, what, what more could I ask yeah, for? Yeah, right? Yeah, can't put a can't put a price on that, Dave. Yeah, that's a good that's point. simply priceless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to get back into this draft, Mike, and and uh, specifically the Saints that you went back to back with in the sixth and seventh round. Uh, what can you tell us about the thought process behind grabbing uh, Mark Ingram, who was the you know ostensibly the Saints' starting running back uh, at the time of this draft, uh, and then immediately in the in the seventh round you grab his quarterback Drew Brees. Now you it, this is more of a daily thing where you really don't see 
people pairing up starting quarterbacks and starting running backs. I'm curious, was it just value here that you were decided that, okay, Ingram's still out here in the sixth, I got to grab him. Oh, my God, Drew Brees is still out here in the seventh, I got to grab him too. Or was there like a – I mean, did you foresee that these guys were going to have a big season this year? Well, uh, first of all, I, I appreciate that you left off the fact that I actually drafted three consecutive Saints. Um, after taking Drew Brees, I took Kobe Fleener, which was uh, one of the worst picks <laughs> of my draft. Um, but, no, it actually – it was not a conscious decision to um, stack up the Saints there. It, it really was about value. I mean, Mark Ingram, uh, talking about, you know, most owned guys um, from last season – I was drafting him everywhere. Um, kind of a, a theme for me uh, that I noticed in this draft in particular is I like these guys. I like the discounted kind of 1A running backs on their teams. Um, you know, Ingram's price had fallen when Adrian Peterson signed. I avoid the the one the expensive 1B and buy the uh, the 1A because in in the event that he just holds on to his starting job um, and does what a starting running back does, they tend to return very good value. I did the same thing with Demarco Murray in the second round. That one didn't really work out, but um, guys like Matt Forte, Jonathan Stewart, um, you know, they, these are starters who people expected to get overtaken at some point, and even as long as they get some of that starting volume that they that they had locked in at the beginning of the season, they tend to return enough value for me. Um, and then going on to Drew Brees in the next round, uh, that was really it, – it had a lot to do with Andrew Luck being taken the pick right before me. Uh, at that point, my top tier was down to just Drew Brees. Um, Russell Wilson was still on the board, but I wasn't as bullish on him as a lot of people were. And um, it just felt like if I – I don't love taking quarterbacks early, but um, by the time the seventh – we were in the seventh round at the time, and if I'm going to take one of the early guys, I want it to be at the end of the tier. I want it to be, you know um, – I want it to be one of those elite guys that I, that's just not a reach for me. And I, Breeze is so consistent. I mean, he had – he had a bad year this year based on our expectations, but a bad year for him was, I think, quarterback 11. He was still a, a QB one. Um, and that's why I felt comfortable taking only two quarterbacks in this draft. Um, you know, I just knew he would be there every week as long as he didn't get injured. Um, so it was really about value. It wasn't about the saints in particular. Um, I took even another saint a few rounds later. And again, it was, it was just about the value. Interesting. Yeah. So I find uh, what was I going to say about Drew Brees? I mean, I just like you said, having him year after year, it's always nice. He's consistent. Yeah, he is. Plus, I mean, in a DE type format or a best ball format, as we're calling him now all the time. Yeah. Um, you really you can't just wait on quarterback too long because if you wait till the tenth, eleventh round, all of a sudden you get into these runs and someone will have like two or three, and then you're stuck with like all crappy guys unless you got lucky and got Alex Smith really late. Is that kind of what you think about that, Mike? You know, I actually don't mind waiting on quarterback. You know, I won't wait too long. Uh, you know, say 10th round, I'll probably grab my first guy, and I might be willing to wait a little bit longer, depending on whether a run has started, like you said. Um, I don't want to be forced into a corner um, and being forced to pick after a run. But um, I, but in that case, I'll definitely be taking three quarterbacks, right? I would never stop at two. 
like I did here if I didn't have one of those top tier guys. Um, but, you know, looking at our draft, um, guys like uh, Kirk Cousins, who was in the 11th round, um, you know, I got Bradford, who I doubt, but I expected him to be a solid producer in the 13th round. Uh, you know, stacking together three guys all from that, you know, sort of round 10 to 13 range is something I'm comfortable with. Um, but, you know, I, I really don't like to spend a lot at quarterback because with the um, the best ball format, you can build a very good quarterback score out of three kind of mediocre guys uh, usually. Well, and that kind of brings me to my next question, actually, about philosophies or set rules to follow. Do you have any that you follow in best ball formats? Like I always draft X number of kickers, X number of defenses, or X number of tight ends. Uh, I I have a philosophy, but it's not a it's not rigid like that. And that is, um, I, I I'll move between two tight ends or three tight ends, uh, two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks, just depending on how my draft is playing out. Uh, you know, in this case, I ended up with Drew Brees, who, you know, a lot of the time this year I wasn't drafting because I thought he was too expensive. But given that I drafted Drew Brees, I knew my philosophy is I got one of those top-tier guys. I'm only taking two quarterbacks unless some crazy value falls and it just makes sense to get a third one. Um, the same thing, you know, when I'm thinking about running backs, um, you know, where I draft them is going to determine – how many I take in this draft. I had, um, I think I had all six of my running backs or, um, or five, I had five running backs, you know, all by the 10th round. So I'd, um, or 11th round, I had made that investment early. I didn't feel like I had to spend much more if at all. I think I took one more later, um, on the position as long as two or three of those guys worked out. I felt like I was set at the position and I was going to make up for the fact that I didn't use those picks at wide receiver or tight end by, uh, you know, drafting more of those guys later on. And I, I just look for that balance in each draft. I don't need, you know, there are extremes. Like I'm never drafting four quarterbacks. Um, you know, I'm, I'm never only drafting one quarterback um, it kind of guidelines like that. But within that uh, it's going to change from draft to draft. 2017 FFPC pros versus Joe's overall champ, Mike Beers, joining the program tonight. Mike, we always like to take a look. Even though the playoffs are right around the corner here, we always like to take a look at next year uh, as soon as we can after the uh, fantasy regular season is over. Let's look at the uh, Raiders' passing situation. It looks like John Gruden is going to take over as their head coach beginning on Tuesday. And if Michael Crabtree does indeed remain a part of that football team next year, and that offense largely stays intact, which we, I think, believe that it will for the most part. Michael Crabtree versus Amari Cooper, who are you taking first in 2018 drafts? Well, um, if it's anything like the last two years, um, it won't be a question of who I'm taking first. It's who I'm taking at all, and that will be Crabtree. Um, though I think uh, <laughs> things might change a little bit. Uh, it's just that, you know, Crabtree, I mean, for the third straight season has outscored Amari Cooper. And um, Cooper has just been way too expensive the past two years. Um, and I haven't drafted him at all. You know, he was going in the second or third round, Crabtree, you know, two or three rounds later. And, and at worst, I, you know, I saw them as probably equivalent producers. 
Um, and I think that's got to be – there's no reason not to think that will be the case next year. So, uh, you know, when – you know, I believe that Cooper is very talented. I believe he has a lot of upside. I just don't believe he should be priced two or three rounds ahead of Crabtree. And if he is again, then I'll do the same thing. I will be drafting Crabtree. I will not be drafting Cooper. I think, though, after three straight years, um, people are going to kind of catch on, especially with what a, you know, sort of bummer of a year Cooper had. Um, You know, he's probably going to fall. They might flip-flop, and it could be that I'm not drafting either of them. And It it could even swing the other way um, because I'm I'm so much about the the value as opposed to the specific player. Um, If Cooper ends up being cheaper than Crabtree, I could start buying him up. I need an idea what, you know, we talk about this once in a while. Yeah. What the hell is Cooper's problem? Right. You know, you know what's up? I we mean, have no idea. There's, there's, you know, usually you wait for the off-season news, like, oh, Cooper was actually battling a, you know, MCL issue or something. You know, he just didn't know what it was until they announced it. But this has been two straight years where he's kind of not done even close to what he supposedly, given the hype, what he's supposed to be doing. And honestly, I, just, just to piggyback on that, his rookie year was really good to the last four weeks of the season. His sophomore year was pretty good to the last four weeks of the season. His third year was awful, except for like four quarters yeah. of action, of like one game. That was it. Yeah. And, and then this yeah. is three years in a row now, he's been underwhelming. What do you think, Mike? You know, um, I'm not sure what happened this year, to be honest. Um, it really, it surprised. I've never been an Amari Cooper, like, truther or anything, but I expected more than what he did this year. Um, the two years prior, though, uh, kind of my explanation for that and, and the reason I wasn't drafting him coming into this year was that Carr just never looked to him in the red zone or the end zone. Uh, you know, it was, um, I think, last year. Uh, well, the, their tight the Julio end. syndrome. Yeah, but it, it's even more extreme, I think. He, he just, like, the tight ends, uh, the combination of um, – uh, Michael Rivera and um, the other guy, I can't even remember his name, um, last year in 2016 got more end zone targets than Amari Cooper. And Crabtree, I mean, he's out there getting just as many as any other, you know, competent wide receiver. Um, it, and, that, and that translates to touchdowns. I mean, you can't you, – you don't score as many touchdowns if you're not getting targets um, in that area of the field. And I think that impacted Cooper's performance, fantasy performance in 15 and 16 – but uh, but this year, yeah, I'm I'm kind of at a loss. I mean, I think he was banged up a little bit, um, but that doesn't explain, you know, the first several weeks of the season. And, um, you know, he finished a, a little stronger uh, week 16 and 17, but it's really hard to know exactly what's going to carry over and, and, and what the problem was. I know he struggled a bit with drops, but, you know, I don't think that that explains very much of it. And I'm not sure that's going to be a consistent thing. He's a talented guy for sure. So, I, you know, I feel like he can turn it around. Makes sense. Balky, I hate Crabtree. You want to know why? Why is that? He's on my Pirate Swag Dynasty team. Oh, really? And, yes. And I, I don't start him very often. Once in a while I start him. Yeah. And as usual, this year he scores three touchdowns week two on my bench. Yeah. Two, you know, two <laughs> touchdowns week 15 on my bench. He got 17 targets week 15. I fort- I got I, luckily I have Gurley on my team. I still won. I know you don't care about this, Mike, but I'm going to talk about. It. And I still won and got to the finals and won the whole league. But you know, Crabtree, you know, be a little more consistent. I I, 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 would, I used to be in that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used to be in that dynasty league. Yeah, we 16 to zero. Yeah, it was terrible. 
I just terrible. Uh, I still didn't start him then. I I used to be in that dynasty league, Dave. Yeah. And I left it uh, right after I won the title. You know what kind of a hold on, hold on, hold that? on. Let me get to the point. Mike, we're about to argue. <laughs> Let me get to the point. You know, Who knows? you're the worst. You know who one of my starting receivers was? Crabtree. Yeah, Crabtree. I, I'm glad to know that he ended up in good hands. Dude, after you are I, a total dick who quits a league <laughs> after being like the champion. I figured that unbelievable. was unbelievable. I was unbelievable. like, unbelievable. There's, there's all, listen. I can't believe I'm still doing this listen, show. Listen, here's the thing. People were like, I was like, I was like, man, if I ever want to get out of this league, now's the time to do it because this team is never going to be as <laughs> strong as it was now. And I don't know what happened. I, I think the guy ended up who took over the team ended up destroying. Oh, the I'm team. sure he did. He couldn't yeah. put together the massive Austin. Awesome anyway, no, he Mike, couldn't. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> yeah. The Titans will once again have a lot of weapons at their disposal in 2018. Unbelievable. Including Derrick Henry, Corey Davis, Rashard Matthews. Does Matthews have two T's with this Matthews? Yeah. Uh, you might have two T's. I'm okay. not sure. See, I'm seeing the spelling of the other Matthews. Uh, Taiwan Taylor and Delaney Walker and uh, our buddy uh, Johnny Smith. Yeah, Johnny Smith. Maybe he'll show up. Uh, is Marcus Mariota, Mariota in for a big bounce back season? You know, this is tough for me because I – I really bought in this past season. Um, I, I had a lot of exposure to Mariota, and um, it, for that exact reason, he just had so many weapons, it seemed like, and it just didn't happen. Um, it was really disappointing. And the the problem is, for next year, I'm not sure exactly what's going to be different. I mean, I think it has to be a coaching change or, or a philosophy change um, the, just the talent level of the offense, it wasn't enough this year. And if they don't change the way they play, I don't know how it's going to be enough next year to really push them up another tier. Um, you know, especially, I mean, they made the playoffs this year. I mean, you know, God forbid they win a game and manage to upset Kansas City. I mean, I don't that maybe they don't change anything about what they're doing. That would be the worst-case scenario, I think. I mean, all this talent, and they're not, they're not going to, you know, sort of turn him loose and um, and get that production. I'm, I'm probably not going to be buying him unless something weird happens in the playoffs that really changes my mind uh, next year. I, I'm going to kind of have to see it to believe it at this point. I mean, he, it was just too perfect this year, and it didn't happen. Mike Beers, the 2017 FFPC Pros versus Joe's champ on the show tonight. Follow him on Twitter at Beerswater. There's a couple of emails that I want to get to for you. Uh, that came in for you this week, Mike, from uh, some listeners. First one's from Dennis in Reno, Nevada. He writes, hi, Mike, congrats on the PVJ title. Did you find yourself going away from any of your pre-draft strategy because of what other drafters were doing and selecting their players? Thanks, and good luck in the main in 18. That is Dennis in Reno, Nevada. Thank you for the email, Dennis. That's a good question, too, uh, Mike, because I think that Everybody has a set strategy, kind of know what they want to do going in, and then it's a different story sometimes when you're on the clock. Did you find yourself um, switching anything up mid-draft because of how the draft was flowing? Uh, you know, not really, but mostly because I didn't really have that set strategy going in. Uh, it was really a sort of read and react um, philosophy that I had. Uh, you know, one thing, uh, one thing, or you know, a change I made was I thought I would be taking uh, tight ends a little bit earlier than I did, given the format, the premium scoring, and they were kind of flying off the board. Um, so I decided to wait and grab the value for guys like uh, Tyreek and you know, Alshon Jeffrey in the fourth and fifth, um, Ingram in the sixth. And I ended up with a pretty weak tight end core. It was like just good enough um, to, to float me through, but 
you know, it, things like that. I mean, I mentioned earlier, um, I, I took Drew Brees because of the way the draft fell. I mean, he just happened to be right there at the end of the tier in the seventh round. Um, it didn't re, you know, it didn't change anything about the way I played, but it definitely did dictate who ended up on my roster. You know, that seems like a typical kind of thing that happens <clears throat> with teams that do well is that they let a bunch of other people go crazy on tight end and yeah. they just kind of, uh, they get a guy here, get a guy there, and they just kind of, like you said, kind of skate by. But the rest of their team is awesome because they didn't overcompensate for tight end. Like take, you know, the, team, the, guy, the guys will take a tight end in the second, third, and fourth round all in a row. You know, we, we're never interviewing those guys on the show yeah. in January. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> rare. And I'll say this, too. Like, not only that, um, it, it's fine to let everybody have their fun with the tight ends and whatever positions, you know, that they want to go crazy at. But the key is to also not get shut out. And I've seen that before, too, where people – have, especially in pros versus Joes, where people have taken the attitude, people are going to overdraft tight ends, they're going to go crazy, I'm not going to be one of those guys going crazy. And that's fine, but you still got to, I mean, you can't just end up with like, you know, the 15th tight end off the board as your number one. Like, you, you still got to get in a, a little bit. You, get, you have to make an appearance at the party, Dave. Say hello to the host, <laughs> have a glass of wine, get out of there. You know, that's pretty much what it is. And, and I think that, that that's, that's definitely successful. Uh, strategy uh, to do as well. Uh, one more email here for you, Mike. This is from Jim in New York City. Hey, Beers, do you see Devontae Parker being a post-hype sleeper next year now that he gets his real quarterback throwing into again? I can't imagine Ooh. he'll be flying up draft boards like he was Tannehill? in 2017. What? Tannehill, yeah. Oh. His post-post-hype sleeper? Well, no, this is post, Devontae post, Parker. Post, this wouldn't be Tannehill. No, I'm talking about Parker. Parker? He's the consistent underperformer. Well, remember, but he wasn't drafted as high anywhere as in any year as he was last year. Last year was, like, really the highest he went. Yeah, everyone was, was putting that on that he was breaking up. Yeah, totally. So what about him in 2018, yeah. Mike? Do you have a, any thoughts on, on Parker uh, as far as – because I think he could represent a, a pretty decent value because he's going to slip. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he is likely to slip. Um, I'm not sure I buy the, um, the idea that he's getting, you know, his real quarterback back. Um, you know, Tannehill is <laughs> – He's all right. You know, I, I don't have a real problem with him. I think he's just an okay quarterback. Uh, I actually thought Cutler was going to be an upgrade for Parker specifically. I mean, I kind of bought in toward the end of the uh, off season last year. Uh, finally started drafting Parker because I was avoiding him um, up until that move. And, you know, because uh, – the kind of guy who locks on to a receiver. I thought he would be because um, he, he had been in the past. And, um, you know, the similarities uh, a lot of people were bringing up between Parker and Alshon Jeffrey um, kind of made sense to me. And, uh, you know, I thought he would get more attention. I thought he would do something with it. And he, he kind of disappointed. Um, you know, it was still kind of a weird year. I mean, uh, you know, Cutler, for one, is just not very good anymore. Or uh, You could argue whether he ever was. Um, and, you know, there were some injuries. Uh, you know, Matt Moore is getting involved. Um, but I think uh, I'm, I'm not going to be buying. It, it's another thing like Mariota where I need a kind of a show-me season. And I've needed one for him for a couple of years now. Uh, you know, I didn't buy in um, the year before when uh, – or, you know, when he was – uh, his rookie year, people were talking about him a lot. And um, 
I just I, I need to see some more consistent production before I'm really going to aggressively add him to my teams, especially after he let me down in what I thought was going to be a good environment this year. All right. Well, instead of talking about sucky teams like the Dolphins, let's talk right. about the teams in the playoffs in the world famous playoff challenge. Now, don't give away your entire roster, right? Because Balky and I will steal it. Totally. Although we can't even. <laughs> really no, but we'd still steal give it. Give us some insight on a couple of players who made their way onto your roster. I'm interested a little bit in Tyree Kill and uh, Kelsey, unless there's the Cream Hunt, con- you know, in consideration as well. Yeah. So. Uh, I should preface this with I, I don't think I'm very good at this contest. <laughs> um, I've been <laughs> uh, a, a couple of t- a couple of times before, um, but uh, you know the Kelsey and um, and Tyreek. I actually wanted to go with Hunt um, because you know it kind of felt like you know from putting it in DFS terms, you know, this is kind of like a, a, you know, GPP, like, yeah, I feel like less people are going to be on hunt than Tyreek or Kelsey. I feel even more strongly uh, from that perspective that I don't want Gronk um, because I think everybody's going to have Gronk. Um, And that led me to Kelsey. I I don't think there are any better options at tight end, um, which took hunt off the table. Um, So, you know, I get giving away some of my picks. I'll have Kelsey on my roster. Um, I think the really interesting question is who to put at quarterback. Um, I agree. Because I don't feel like, like, I feel like a lot, several teams could make it to the Super Bowl and win, so end up playing a bunch of games. That's who you want exposure to the teams that are going to play a bunch of games and not have their quarterback be their highest scorer, which makes it, pretty tricky right I mean typically quarterbacks um, you know are going to score the most points out of the positions but um, you know I could easily see uh, you know if the Rams made it to the Super Bowl Gurley would be the higher scorer than Goff Um, you know the the same thing with um, the Steelers with uh, with with, you know more than half these teams Um, so it's kind of it's made it kind of tricky Um, I'm looking I think I'm going to go a little more contrarian there um and uh, probably end up not with one of the most popular names. Um, Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. He's right, though, that a lot of times these other skill players, like Gronk over Brady, that makes sense, you know, because Gronk could outscore Brady. And a lot of these running backs and receivers are so good that they could outscore their quarterbacks consistently. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a lot of sharks out there with uh, Kenny Britt, as long as he's on the active roster. That'll be their patriot. (laughs) Just go uber contrarian. And uh, Britt will be bringing on the goal. You never do. You, sometimes you do, though. Edelman? Sometimes you do know. Uh, yeah, Edelman, Randy Moss, perhaps. Sure. You never know what, what could happen. Hey, Moss can make the Hall of Fame this year. Boy. That's true. Uh, Mike Beers uh, has been our guest tonight. Mike, uh, last question uh, before we let you get out of here. Obviously, we're following you on Twitter at Beers Water, and, and congrats on the, on the Pros vs. Joe's title. Is there anything that you're currently working on for Rotoviz, Roto Grinders, that, uh, that you can preview and give uh, the listeners a little bit of, uh, of a taste of tonight? Um, well, you know, we're getting right into the beginning of, uh, you know, the best ball off season, uh, sort of content, uh, period. So I, I don't have anything in the pipeline, uh, specifically, but I'm definitely going to be cranking out pretty soon. Some stuff on, um, roster construction and player win rates. I always look at that. Um, so once the season is wrapped up and, uh, summarizing what 2017 looked at, looked like, what worked, what didn't. And uh, you'll probably see some of that on Rotoviz um, before I start picking up the um, 
the article, the more regular articles on uh, roto grinders later in the off season. So keep an eye out for that, um, you know, within the next month or so. Well, we definitely will. We're checking out those both both those sites. Obviously, we'll check out uh, your Twitter feed as well uh, for all the great content you post there. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Congrats on the main event team uh, upcoming this year. So that'll be fun for you to draft that team. Uh, congrats on the uh, 2017. Feel free to come out to Vegas. Yeah, that'd be great too. Congrats, congrats on the 2017 Pros versus Joe's title. And good luck defending that in 2018. I have a sneaking suspicion, Dave, yeah. that uh, Darren Armani is going to have Mike Beers back for the Pros vs. Joe's Challenge. You might, might get an invite. You might get an invite. Uh, thanks so much, man. This has been a lot of fun. We'll, uh, we'll talk again real soon. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. This has been great. Appreciate it, guys. Mike Beers at Beerswater on Twitter. Uh, my Rotoviz colleague, really, Dave. <laughs> my, uh, my colleague at Rotoviz. We uh, run into each other at the water cooler every now and then. Uh, yeah, at the office. Had lunch, lunch at the break room the other day. I mean, you're, you're heading to the recording studio to yeah. do your... Really fantastic. Oh work. yeah, the slowdown. The, well, that's the, the thing. Lowdown. See, we're we're in between seasons right now. So oh, yeah. yeah. So I heard you had your finale. Yeah, we had the season finale, and and now I won't be. Uh, do, I, do you have a cliffhanger heading into season three? Yes, now? it it the cliffhanger is will we get renewed? <laughs> that was the cliffhanger. You missed it last week on the show. I I oh, actually yeah. I, I actually revealed that we have been uh, renewed or the the these the, the uh, high stakes loan has been renewed for season three. So you can expect. Uh, 2018, chock full of great high stakes podcasts over at rotoviz.com. And uh, I won't eat uh, the tuna sandwich in the break room fridge that says beers on it. <laughs> so uh, there's that as well. I really enjoy the articles. Like, this is the time of year when I usually check out rotoviz more yeah. than anything is, is for their upcoming draft articles. The crappy guys, no one's talking about. Yeah, I've already been. Anthony Amico had some good stuff yeah, uh, on rotoviz the other day. Yeah. Yep, I checked that out. So this is, this is always, you know, honestly. We have a lot of partnerships. There's a lot of great sites out there, but I will say this about Rotoviz: when I like really get deep into like dynasty stuff, mm-hmm. they're usually the first website I'll, I'll like go to and like, okay, I really got to check out everything. Yeah, you know you what I mean. This, is there any articles about this particular? Yeah, player? and football guys, obviously at Draft Sharks, right. you know, there's a lot of great stuff on there as well. Uh, but Rotoviz, for whatever reason, I just I always feel like I'm gonna learn something new, like within 30 seconds of of hitting that website. So that's why I like hey, it. Hey, speaking of deep, can I ask you a quick question? Sure. Uh, what's your opinion on phrasing? Yeah, what's your opinion on the number uh, wide receiver number one ninety eight this year? He was a rookie, uh, John Ross. What do you think? Yeah. he scored one point two fantasy points. Yeah, it was not good. What do you? What, what's his trade value now? Like a late third? Not good. And he was a first round pick. You're talking you know, about moving him to corner? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's really bad. You know what's frustrating is I picked him in one league, and you know who I could have had in that league. I don't even know if I want Kareem to. Hunt. <laughs> could have had Alvin Kamara. No, I probably could have, too. You know could have had right. Alvin Kamara in that league. I, I drafted him in one league as well. So frustrating. So just just really. Cooper Cup, for God's sake. I could have had him. I got Cooper Cup in a lot of leagues anyway. I mean, I would. Regardless. You would obviously trade John Ross straight up for Cooper Cup right now. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think, like, what, what you would. You know, Cooper Cup finished as, like, a, I think WR24 this year. If we had a, a Carrington redraft of uh, Dynasty. Four, which is four rounds, 12 teams, so 48 picks. Does John Ross get drafted? In rookie? Yeah. We j- if we redrafted the rookie class. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think he would either. That's just he nuts find to somebody me. else. Yeah. The D.D. Westbrooks of the world would be definitely moving up. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so a lot of people, uh, the chat room and uh, social media blowing up during that interview saying, what's this playoff challenge? that you guys keep talking about. Like, what, what is going on with this? Oh, is this, please. You know, one Bob, guy's going to sell it anyway. You don't need to give a promotion. On one it. guy said, he said, uh, was this the thing that, that they did last year? And I said, you know what I say to that? 
It's back. The world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge is live. You can register uh, your teams today at myffpc.com. Compete for a $100,000 grand prize in a $600,000 prize pool, paying all the way down to 550th place at a cost of only $200 per team. All you need to do is pick an FFPC roster of 10 players, choosing only one player per team in the playoffs. No roster management required. And we've added more than $120,000 to the prize pool this season, as well as 150 more teams being paid out than in 2016. Don't delay. Sign up today for the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge at myffpc.com. Go ahead. <laughs> Back to John get, Ross. Get it out. Yep. Um, you know that John Ross is uh, 1.2 fantasy points this week or this year? It was on a rush. It was a 12-yard rush yeah. in which he lost a fumble. That I did not know. <laughs> I did not know he fumbled on that. He had a total- Marvin Lewis still has him in the doghouse. <laughs> he had two total targets on the year. Has not got One 12-yard rush that he fumbled. That's bad. <laughs> anyway. And you know what? Tyler Boyd actually stepped up towards the – I mean, week 17, who cares? But he actually looked fairly decent the last couple of weeks. You know, Boyd was too. a second well, – he's like a second-round pick, yeah. right? You know, I, 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 that was weird how they just tossed him away. Yeah. And he was actually a guy who was productive in college up until when he came out. So I, I thought chance. there – He might break out. He could. Days. And there, I thought there was an off, off-field – uh, thing with him that happened after he got drafted that maybe soured the Bengals a little bit. I could be wrong on that. I'm just spreading rumors now on the show. Yeah, the Bengals don't want to have character issues. No, no. I mean, they're, they're, that's about as squeaky clean as you get as for an NFL organization. By the way, the funniest tweet I saw this week was one. It was a blurry uh, Jeff Fisher. Yeah. And it was another picture showing glasses being wiped off. And then it was a clear picture of Marvin Lewis. That's funny. That was really great. That well, is I really loved good. It. Loved it. Oh, it's great. Who tweeted that? Do you know? I forgot. I retweeted it, I think. Thanks to football guys, Roto Pass, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Carson Palmer, Dave, hung it up on Tuesday after 15 years in the NFL, according to Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network. So the stock market was up like 30%, and he's rich. Shortly thereafter, uh, or excuse me, shortly before this, Bruce Arians retired uh, from coaching. So now you have no Carson Palmer, no Bruce Arians. Uh, and uh, I- I'm just curious how this is going to work with uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Dave. 109. Well, let, let's. Okay. Let's not get into fits yet. Let's get into fits in a little bit. Now I take that back. Let's get into fits now. And we'll talk area. I have an Arian stat for you. Okay, we'll get into it. So, so Arians retires. Carson Palmer retires. Larry Fitzgerald, 109 catches this past year. He topped 100 catches for the third straight year. He signed a two-year co- uh, contract extension last year. He's on the books for 16 million in 2018 with zero in dead money. Unbelievable. Okay, so what are you doing with Fitzgerald and Dynasty right now? What? What? Him. I never. No, no, never. no, no, no. You don't have him. What would you give up to get him? Um, because he might retire with with this Arians Palmer news. Did he say I might retire? He said he hasn't made a decision on 2018 yet. I for sure give up a third. I would too. Third rounds are just throwaways. Yeah, me. but I mean, like, a, I don't know if I'd give up a second. If it was an early, like, anywhere to the 209, I probably would keep it. But if, a, if, I was a, if I was a playoff team that really needed to win, though, yeah, I'd like them. Take a shot. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Here's the other interesting thing. How does this affect David Johnson coming off the wrist injury? I don't know. Who the knows. cupboard is bare. We don't even know what's going on. That's fine that we don't know what's going on. Because what, what possible improvements uh, is this? I can't imagine that this the situation David Johnson will be coming into in 2018 will be better than the one he had going for him in 2017. Probably not. Probably not. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean. Is he still a first-round pick right now? Yes. Okay. Fantasy Pros actually sure. came out with, like, an early top 10, uh, and I think it was well, – maybe it was PPR. I can't remember. But I think they had David Johnson as the 106. Well, they're putting out content now? 
I thought they just aggregated everybody else's. Well, this was ag- this was an aggregation of uh, <laughs> of a bunch of great fantasy analysts. I find that to be an abomination. That that's where it's an uh, aggregation is an abomination if you're trying to make that a fantasy analysis. Okay. Well, I'm just saying that this this content was on Fantasy Pros and it was made by pros <laughs> in fantasy. the fantasy industry. Uh, yeah. And and that's where it, it okay. so it came out. David Johnson's the 106. Right. Does that seem about right to you? It see I I don't know, man. I don't think I could I could spend a mid first round pick on a guy coming into something like this. I don't know what maybe. It, okay, I'll tell you this. They get like some sort of like decent coach, like a younger coach w- with an offensive mind, and maybe they get Kirk Cousins or somebody like that to come to Arizona. Then it, things are looking up. But right now, it's ugh, not great. I mean, you forget this player. Had a 400 plus point yeah. fantasy year. It was crazy the year before. Yep. That after Gurley's rocking 90 points in fifth weeks 15 and 16, Johnson still scoring by like around 90 points. Right. I well, mean, Gurley had his share of dumpers this year too. <laughs> dumpers. I mean, he wasn't. He was. They call bad games. I'm. I'm. You know. I'm, I'm doing all these FFPC recaps. Um. You know. On on how these teams won these these leagues. You know. The Terminator Super Bracket. Um, varsity is coming out tomorrow. The the auction, yeah. the you know all this stuff, and I feel like every single person like they were in week sixteen. They won the title with you Todd guessed Gurley. it. Todd Todd Gurley is on every single one of Just these. Wait, you do that seventy sevens recap that you and Meyer were. Not going to happen. That is not going to happen. Right, I will not a, be recapping any seventy sevens in the FFPC. Here's email. a stat for you. I mean, I might have already blown the lead here on this, but um, name okay. Right. Virginia Tech single season rushing tight touchdowns by quarterback Michael Vick. Michael Vick is numbers two and three. Tyrod Taylor. Is number four. Marcus Vick. Number one. Hold on. Don't tell me. All right. God, was it a quarterback? Yeah, it's a quarterback. He's a rushing, single season rushing touchdowns by quarterback. Tyrod Taylor had seven. Vick had eight in 2000. Had nine in 1999. And this player had 11. Oh, man. Uh, and he plays, obviously he plays in the NFL right now. No, he does not play right now. Oh, he's not playing. Uh, is he, he retired? Spoke, yeah, he's retired. We've spoken about him this evening. In the last five minutes. And he no longer has a job. And he no longer has a job. Because he just quit. Bruce Oh, Arians. Bruce Arians. Shut up. Yes. 1974, wow. he had 11 rushing touchdowns, beating Michael Vick and Tyrod Taylor. And look at him now. He's how many, fat. How many passes did he attempt in his career, though? <laughs> I don't know, man. Probably like five. That's crazy. They're like, they probably had the Army offense back then where they just rushed it every time. <laughs> that was the veer. I always thought Bruce Arians is more of a pocket passer. <laughs> He grip it, throw, grip it, and sling it. <laughs> Arians does like that downfield passing attack. So yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy, right? Okay, so basically, I never would have guessed that. Um, <laughs> we spoke about the, was that your Arians comment? That was that you, okay, Arians. all right, let's okay. move on then. And uh, because it's we're good content. running, it's great content. Uh, not as good as this is going to be. Can't wait for this. Andrew Luck. Uh, well, here we go. Quote: We'll be back with a fierce fire in his eyes in 2018 according to Jim Ursay. This is a quote from Zach Kiefer's article from the Indianapolis Star. Do you know what that sounds like? And, uh, no. It sounds a little bit like a Trump tweet. He's like, he's oh little, yeah, he's a like, little bit. Like yeah. He's lying. He's a little bit, he's overfaking yeah. it. That could be. Uh, Andrew Luck has been in Europe. Be never better. Rehabbing his shoulder. It's never good when you have to go overseas to rehab. Uh, Heading to Indonesia next. Yeah, got it. He's going to do some <laughs> surfing in Bali. Uh, Luck would need a, another procedure on the injury, was, was the scuttlebutt earlier. It does not sound like he is going to have that done. What are you doing? I, I mean, is he a buy in Dynasty right now? If you could get him for, like, a second-round pick, would you do it? I, you know, I hate to be like – I would not. I'm, I'm still on the negative on 
Andrew Luck. I think that he, I think he has a career potentially career-ending type injury. And now think about what a 2018 second is going to yield you, Balky. That's one of these top quarterbacks that are going to be drafted in the top 10 this year coming out. Or maybe you could get Jimmy Garoppolo for a second-round rookie pick. There you right go. Now, we were already talking Andrew about that. Luck, that's yeah. very, that, and that totally makes sense. You know, Garoppolo, he was just a, a waiver pickup for all these guys. They'll have, like, Deshaun Watson or they'll have, like, Cam or they'll have Russell Wilson or yeah. whoever. And they don't need Garoppolo. They I mean, may like him, but I mean, if you're, especially when it gets close to the draft, offer up that second. You yeah. Got Garoppolo. Yeah. I might have to do that, especially because I have one quarterback in Carrington and it's Roethlisberger who allegedly might hang him up too. So I could literally go into the rookie draft season with no quarterback unless I make a deal. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, speaking of rookie drafts, Saquon Barkley, Penn State University, announced on New Year's Eve that he will declare for the 2018 NFL Draft, according to a report on ESPN.com. He's got a good running back name. 5'11", 230, size, power, strength, speed. He's got it all. Uh, getting comps to David Johnson. <laughs> it, actually, he could be getting into a more fortunate situation than David Johnson, depending upon where he's drafted. Or worse. Um, you like, I, I, I never know when I can start talking to you about rookies because I, sometimes I talk to you about these guys during the college season and who are going to be, like, first-round picks in the NFL draft and be like, who does he play for? What, what position is he? You <laughs> I know? don't watch college football. I know you don't, and, I, I mean, and it's I watch, fine. I don't watch it, like, on a regular – I mean, why would I waste all my time watching right. it just to scout out some guy who may or may not get drafted? When you could wait a year and watch him on Sundays. Well, when I could wait six months and watch all the YouTube and draft breakdown yeah, videos. True. So what do you know about Barkley so far? A lot or a little? fantastic. So not a lot. Not a lot, but I mean, I, I do know that he's been super productive. He's got the perfect size and speed, it seems like, even with, what, four fours? Yeah. He's a great receiving back. I think he had – he's one of 18 players that have, has had a 150-yard rushing and a 50-yard receiving game, and he had that twice last year, and only 18 people have done that since who knows. So you do know a lot years. about him. Well, I read some dumb tweets. Okay. Doesn't, it doesn't matter that much. But, I mean – Actually, there was also um, a Twitter survey, a Twitter poll, actually, of David Johnson versus the one-on-one, which is obviously Squire right. Barkley. And uh, Johnson did win, actually, in the poll. Oh, interesting. Okay. It was a few, you know, it was number, you know, 400 votes. Yeah. That, it was I, pretty, fairly cool. You know, Twitter normally, it, it's, it's more sensationalistic. So I, those Twitter polls, I'd imagine the one-on-one would win. That's, that's telling that David Johnson won out on that. Um, in, in, for, you know, Dynasty. Right, I, I, I get it. Okay, yeah, I know. Sorry. I'm just saying, like, I think Saquon Barkley is the more sensationalistic choice in right. that poll. Right, well, that's a good point, actually. So here's the other thing I'll tell you. Do you know who Lamar Jackson is? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. I've heard this. Go ahead. There's a stat about him. He has more career rushing touchdowns and rushing yards than Saquon Barkley. <laughs> they both played three years. Isn't that crazy? It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. And, and Jackson, well, I guess Jackson could conceivably be going the first round. We'll have to see. Uh, you brought him up already, Dave, and this will be the final point before we get into our uh, playoff challenge lineups. But I do want to mention this. This is a report from Sarah Barshup uh, on ESPN.com. Deshaun Watson, according to head coach Bill O'Brien, actually ahead of schedule in his recovery from tearing his ACL. He might be able to take part in OTAs come, uh, when it comes to be that time of the spring. Watson had surgery back in early November. Boy, it does not seem that long ago, but, yeah, it was, uh, to repair the injury. So he might – I mean, OTAs, that's kind of aggressive, and obviously this is the future of the franchise, and this is a, a guy that you want to kind of treat with kid gloves. But you look at Watson. I was so ex- – well, I, was, I not, wasn't rejoicing about the injury, but I felt like the silver lining of his injury was that he was going to be depressed in drafts in 2018 – and if he's recovering this fast, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think Watson might end up going a little bit too high for me 
with the hype that's going to be surrounding him. In redraft? The, in redraft, yeah. I think redraft quarterbacks are going to – I mean, it's like every year. Quarterbacks are going to be cheap. I, Watson was on an historic pace for those, you know, five or six weeks that He's he played. Go that, he won't go that crazy high because people will still worry about the ACL. How many, how many – ballpark it right now. How many quarterbacks go in front of him? I don't know, a dozen. Oh, boy, I don't think it's going to be that many. Oh, yeah, start listing them off. Wilson? Well, I, don't, I don't really – I don't know if we should be getting into this. All right, maybe not. But uh, regardless, a lot. What about Garoppolo? Does he go ahead of him? Who would you rather have next? I would rather Cousins. I'd, ra- Cousins ends up? I'd rather have Watson over Cousins and Garoppolo. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. All right. That's fine. I mean, whatever. Okay. All right. The thing is, you know, we'll you, flesh you can, this out over the in the offseason. Yeah, you can draft Watson. There's always some safe, you know, knob you can pick up too in case yeah. you're worried about that. Andy Dalton. Yeah. He's a safe <laughs> knob. He's, you know, Sam Darnold, Josh yeah. Rosen. Ha 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 about Dalton, but he probably finished like QB 15 or something. I did not look. No, I I listen. Uh. I had him on that – I told this story on the show where I only had Dalton and Carson Palmer as my quarterbacks, and I ran out of – All right, bidding. he was 19. I, but I ran out of bidding bucks, and then I had to roll with Dalton for the rest of the season after Palmer broke his arm. Um, no, a current a Wasp guy in the chat is saying, where would you guys draft uh, Watson in, in, uh, in redraft? He wanted to know Wilson, actually. Oh, Wilson? I thought it says Watson. And then there's a post right after it that says Wilson. I am reading that as Watson. W T S O N. Oh yeah, sorry. I'm reading it. All right. right. <laughs> I would not take him in the third round. Way too high. Deshaun Watson. No, I'm sure not. I think I'm. I thought he. He well, said Watson. Now there you go. All right. No, I, I would in not. The third. I think he's gonna go like in the ninth or tenth. I don't think he goes that low. I I do right. think he will be. We we're talking about you know how Drew Brees went in the seventh round. And granted, it was PBJ. Uh, but I think that's more of the sweet spot for Watson, maybe a little bit higher, especially if he's, if he's healthy uh, coming into the season. All right. We are running out of time here, Dave. We've got to get into these um, world-famous FFPC playoff challenge lineups. And I will say this. Last night, I was fortunate enough to hop on a Google on-air hangout with the mans himself, Pete Manzanelli. Uh, you might know his uh, alter ego, Peter Overzet from uh, rotoviz.com. Uh. He's cool. Contributor there. So I was uh, on the air with Mans. It was a, it was a, we previewed the wild card weekend and we actually submitted a, um, or we didn't submit, but we put together an FFPC playoff lineup. I found out that after the fact that Mans gave that lineup to uh, Peter Overzet, who actually submitted it in the oh. FFPC playoff challenge. Right. He says, if he wins the hundred grand coming to Wisconsin, he we're going to, we're going to party it up. But that would be fun. That would be fun. We'll see what happens. Cool. Uh, so how do you want to do this? We, we switch up the, uh, the format of this every year. Do you want to just list off your quarterback? I'll list off my, you know, got it. All right, we'll do that. So my quarterback wanted somebody that I felt pretty confident that was uh, going to be scoring a lot of points in uh, the Super Bowl. And I think of all the teams uh, in the NFL right now, the team I'm most confident that we'll get to the Super Bowl, the new England football Patriots. I went with Tom Brady. Well, that's weird. The maligned Tom Brady from this, this awful dreck that Seth Wickersham has posted on ESPN.com. Just uh, another distraction that the Patriots uh, are going to use for fuel as a fire. Brady's going to crush it. He's my quarterback. Me too, actually. Ah, great. Okay. Told you. Told you these lines should be similar. They're not, they might be, be similar. Identical. They will not be identical. There's so, no way. So stupid. Uh, you want to go with your number one running back? Then? Sure, Todd Gurley. Oh, surprise. You have him too. Yeah, I have him too. <laughs> we, we talked about this on the, on the hangout last night. I'm not going to reveal our full lineup. Uh, there are some surprises on it, but no, one cares. Uh, um, no they do care. Uh, <laughs> Gurley, I, I feel like is you ha- 
you, I mean, you've seen who, what wins this competition every year. Yeah. You look at that, that winning lineup. Take them, really. Yeah, you look at that winning lineup, and it's like, oh, I can't believe something as chalky as that one. Well, it's it's not really a chalk lineup. That there's just like one or two outliers, maybe two, sometimes it's just really, one. If he sprains his ankle, then you have a good shot if you take like Cooper Cup or something. Right. Yeah. Malcolm, that's that's Malcolm Brown. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So Gurley. Oh, that's weird. So we're two for two so far. All right. Um. I know we're, in a, we're not going to match on all of them because I have an audible, so I can change. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, another one of my running backs. This team came down to the defense or the running back, and because of who the defense would be playing in round two, I'm shying away from them, and I went with the guy who really is the engine of this offense despite his ankle injury. I have Leonard Fournette as one of my running backs. That's interesting, Leonard Fournette. I like that, actually. Good job. Do you I, have him? I do not have him. I have right. Le'Veon Bell. Okay, I had Le'Veon Bell as well. In the flex. So, okay, so we both have Le'Veon Bell. So. Let's, let's talk about this Steelers discussion here for a little bit because I feel like there's a lot to break down here. I don't think so. In Manz's lineup and Balky's, which, by the way, he was wearing his Manz hat and I was wearing my Balky hat for it. It was a fantastic. Oh, cool. well, yeah, yeah, it was great. Nice visual. Yeah, it was a nice visual. Um, I said this. Um, Antonio Brown, if the Steelers are playing this weekend, Tomlin already said he would be listed as questionable. Okay? I am of the opinion that tearing this calf muscle is not something that a, what is he, 29, 30 now? Sure. I'm not of the opinion that this is something that you can recover from and all of a sudden be the player that you were in the prime of your career. Right. I'm not sure he's going to be 100% for the divisional round. In yeah. fact, I think there's a possibility he might miss. And you have to make this decision of what your lineup's going to be now before wildcard weekend. That many people you think are looking at Antonio Brown? Let me just flesh out the whole discussion. Please, flesh. Okay. So you have Pittsburgh who would, in the AFC Championship, Dave, in my opinion, meet the New England Patriots. What do the Patriots like to do on defense? Love to take away your best weapon. If Brown is hobbled. It's obviously Le'Veon Bell. Obviously Le'Veon Bell. Okay. So now I think about, okay, well, if – if I'm not going to take Brown, what receiver could I take off this team that flawlessly performed with Ben Roethlisberger when Brown was out that I think could use these playoffs as a stepping stone to a big-time breakout and a guy that a lot of people might be saying after the Super Bowl is over, man, I wish I had Juju Smith-Schuster on my playoff line. So we included him on that. That's interesting. Okay? I, I like Juju. Actually. So I actually went with Smith-Schuster on that team. He's a fantastic I, Twitter follow, by the way. Yeah, he is. Um, and, uh, but on this one, I, I went a little bit more chalky with Bell. Okay, so uh, oh, I... That, was, that took a long time for you to say. Yeah, so I have Brady, Bell, Fournette, Gurley so far. You have Brady, Bell, Gurley. Why don't you reveal... Do you want to reveal a Jaguar? Uh, Jags, I took their defense. Jags defense, okay. Yep. Which makes a lot of sense there. Okay. All right, my turn. And I will... Oh, let's we have, let's we go to the receiver. We can go over. We can right, go over. Great. Let's go to the receiver. Do our, does our chat room still hear <laughs> yeah, us? Yeah, Wasp Guy. We aimed for an optimal mix of chalk and novelty. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that is great. Chalk and novelty could be another name for this show. Um, so <laughs> you have uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about this. I felt like... Like the two guys that, first of all, I thought Kelsey and Hunt would be the guys that would be owned most for Kansas City. Uh, Tyreek Hill, I thought, was going to be overlooked. So I, I actually went with Tyreek Hill as my Chiefs 
uh, representative here because of his big play potential, because he's, he's sort of that guy that can really separate you from the field, especially if there's a lot of people going after Kelsey. And I thought there'd be a lot of people going after Kareem Hunt, especially how he came on at the end of the season. So I actually went with Tyreek Hill as one of my receivers here. I like that. I like that pick, actually. Um, do you want me to give you my chief or my receiver? Let's do your chief. My chief is Travis Kelsey at tight end. Okay, I agree with uh, Mr. Beers. Okay. And because I didn't pick Gronk, because I took Brady, I felt that at tight end, not that, I mean, there was obviously Ertz is out there at tight end as well. Right. He's a good choice. And even Rudolph, if you want to go that direction. What about Greg Olson? That's another guy, he too. He's another option, definitely. At Kobe Fleener. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> I took Kelsey, so I was pretty happy with Kelsey. Uh, okay, I like it, uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, so, as long as you're revealing your tight end, I did go quote-unquote chalk. I took Zach Ertz. That's not that chalky. It's actually probably the third most highly owned tight end, probably, maybe even fourth. I think it might, he might be the most really? owned tight end in this format. Well, who else are you going to own on Philadelphia? Well, but, but, I mean, regardless, so you have Kelsey and Gronk who are higher-scoring tight ends. That's fine. And it is a tight end-based. But, okay, but higher-scoring or higher-owned? Well, both. I, see, I don't think – I think if you look – I don't know if we'll get the numbers, but I think if you look at what well, tight we'll end – what, what tight end was owned the most in this format? It'll be Zach Ertz. I'm willing to put five on it. So am I. All right. So I got Zach Ertz being the number five or number one tight end uh, in this format. I guess I'll take field. I mean, <laughs> I guess, right? I, yeah. I mean, that's, that's... You know what? I'll take Gronk then. No, that's stupid because you just said Kelsey you thought was going to be the... You know what that's I mean? Kelsey or Gronk. But I mean, I, think, I, think, I think Kelsey... Just take gets, field. It's, 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 it's going to be Kelsey Gronk. or Gronk. It's not like it's you can Gronk have Olsen and, and Fleener and all those guys. Well, I mean, you have, you have, you have Hill and Kelsey and, uh, and Hunt. Hunt. Yeah. And anyone who's cool is taking Alex Smith, of course. Uh, he actually yeah. scores as much as Brady, if not more. All right, so I got five on uh, Ertz being the highest zone tight end. I got five on it. Only 419 playoff teams left there, Barkley. 419? Oh, so we just missed 420, huh? <laughs> Too bad. Yeah. You got to be more on the ball. Um, let's get into, um, Wasp guy says in the chat room, how about a Zag receiver? Thielen? Anything you want to comment on about that? Oh yeah, I own Thielen. All right, there you go. So Dave has Adam Thielen. Adam. I figure it's good luck to have like a white wide receiver. You know, it's like you're, it's yeah. like a lucky rabbit's foot. I, it makes they're rare. They're like a four leaf clover. You hey, just never see hey. it. The winning playoff challenge team <laughs> oh, last Cooper year. Oh, Cooper Cup actually is quite the good. The winning right playoff right. challenge team last year. <laughs> Julian Edelman was on that team. Hey, man. So there you go. Just goes to show. Yeah. Anyone so, can do anything. So you have Thielen. Um, I guess I will reveal my Viking, and it is the Vikings. I have the Vikings defense. Right. And, I, and I, here's, here's my reasoning behind that. You have good. a wide-open NFC, okay? The top seed is going to be quarterback by Nick Foles. You have the number three seed quarterback by, granted, a talented guy, but a guy that's not really been counted on to win games and a guy who is still in his second year in the league. Well, I mean, Gurley was really the engine that drove that train, you know, all season. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can – I don't know. I don't want to say Goff sucked because he definitely Goff had – He didn't throw a lot of red zone touchdowns. Right. He was really pretty darn good all season. He was not bad. He was pro he bowler, was, right? Wasn't when, he, when he handed off to Gurley, he scores like – 80% of the time, it doesn't make a lot of sense right. to throw from the two like Brett Favre and Rodgers seem to do every single play. Or Russell Wilson throwing to Ricardo Lockett. Yeah. Hey, Don't give it to Lynch. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> I wonder how many teams name like how many players name their teams don't give it to Lynch <laughs> the following year after that. So anyway, and and to to sum up my Vikings thoughts, um, I think back it's that Peyton Manning Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl from three years ago, wherever it was, and the guy who won the whole thing rode that Seattle defense all yep. the way and got the double points in the Super Bowl because Minnesota will be playing on their home field if they get to the Super Bowl. Double points of that defense. It's actually really good thinking in spite of your cheesy little sound effect. You know what? I'll take it. All right, so we have... Re- I need another wide receiver. Go ahead. And you reveal your receiver, and then I'll reveal mine. What with the tequila Don Julio. Julio Don. Oh, my gosh. I can't... I, <laughs> I hate him. What? I hate him. I what hate him. is this? What? I don't. I'm speechless. But I couldn't. I couldn't take a crappy Buffalo Bill or a crappy Titan. So it forced me to take an Atlanta Falcon, Brandy, which forced me to right. like, not. I'm not going to take Freeman, Coleman, Matt Ryan. He's too dorky and skinny, and Hooper sucks. So obviously I'm taking Don Julio. Okay. So I mean, you understand? You could have just avoided the Falcons in general. They're like a touchdown dog at Los Angeles. Yeah, but in the I still first would round. have to then take a take. You have to take ten teams, you know. Yeah, 10 players. 10, 10 players from yeah. 10 teams. Yeah. So if I ignore Atlanta, I have to take a Bill or a Titan. Yeah. So yeah. which Bill or Titan did you take? Well, I will get to it in a second. <laughs> For anybody listening to this podcast right now, go ahead and rewind roughly 28 minutes and 42 oh, seconds when Dave was ripping on Julio Jones to Mike Beers, saying, like, <laughs> oh, the Julio effect. Yeah, they don't throw to him in the red zone. Whatever, <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, he's on my team. Uh, so that you have Julio Jones. Okay. I have no defense that your honor i all right i'll reveal i'll reveal my i'll reveal my titan (laughs) was partially because i i think that um my you know the fact that i won the kentucky auction well not i but kurt and i kurt basically won it um and i just pitched in our kicker on that team was ryan suckup so i'm like let's roll with suckup baby let's let's keep this mojo going and i'll say this dave Brad Cruz took second place in that Kentucky auction to us this year. Okay. Yes. He also won the $2,500 auction in the FFPC, and he won the super bracket in the FFPC. Wow. Ryan Suckup slayed that giant. He's going to be slaying giants. <laughs> That's great. On this FFPC challenge <laughs> roster. Uh, so Suckup is, uh, is my kicker. I like that, actually. Well, I'm glad to get the Gerzak stamp of approval. Too shoddy. What do you want to do next year? Um... I'm left with three players. I'll do my kicker. I took Jake Elliott from the Schmigs. Okay. I think the Schmigos are going to get upset, so I'm taking a kicker that's like a throwaway position. That's interesting. Kind of like a pawn on the chessboard. Who's the f- so they'd be playing New Orleans? I kind of like that. Who cares? Full sucks. <laughs> He's not that good. The team itself, minus, you know, minus the starting quarterback, is just not that good. Yeah. So, um, so you you, you talk- know what? You're no good. Right. So if they are getting upset, I believe that they, I mean, they would just play the lower seed uh, of whoever advances, be it Atlanta or Carolina or New Orleans. And I am actually liking the Saints this year, Dave. I think they could make some noise, so I had to have a Saint in my lineup. I already have Brady in my quarterback, so I couldn't do Breeze. And everybody and their mother is going to have Camaro. <laughs> and everybody else is going to have Ingram. So I went oh. with another Kentucky auction ring holder this year, <laughs> Michael Thomas. Rolling that that swag all the way to 100 grand. I mean, not that we're playing in it, but that's why I chose Michael Thomas here for my receiver. This I I think that's a little bit of contrarian play, and he's been money pretty much all season. 
And I think I already I said this on the Fantasy Alarm Show on Thursday. I think that Carolina New Orleans game is going to be the highest scoring, most entertaining, most fun game to watch all weekend. I said that my one of my bold predictions were that Breeze and Newton combined for eight touchdowns on that uh, in that game. So I wanted to get a piece of that. I think Michael Thomas does very well in that game. I think he does very well in the divisional playoffs as well, and he might get to that NFC title game as well. So Michael Thomas is uh, is what I have. And uh, two Packer upset that he has to change his lineup because he not only had Jake Elliott, he also had Michael Thomas. He has to get rid of both those guys. <laughs> Whatever. Now. You can just flip them. Get uh, the Saints kicker and, and Alshon Jeffrey. So we're into the, we're into the flex position. I, I'm going to go with Ingram, actually. Okay. And I'm gonna, it's a little bit contrary to Kamara. He actually was only outscored by him by about 17 points on the season. Right. And uh, Seems so, like more, though, doesn't it? It does, yeah. yeah. It, it seems like more, but it's really not that much. So it's one point per game. And I would say there's probably a 40% chance that Ingram outscores him. And I think there's probably much more likely of a chance that people are going to be owning Alvin Kamara, Kamara, mm-hmm. whatever, Kamara. Just, just call him one, one name. You don't have to call him Kamara, Kamara. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing All right, off. so I'm left with one position. So am I. Who's revealing here first? You can go first. You want to tell, tell me what team your guy is on? This is a flex, right? Yep. Mine is on Carolina. Mine is also on Carolina. Mine was running back number eight as a rookie, and everybody seems to be down on him. Damn it. We have the same Panther. C-Mac, baby. Christian, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey is, nice. is rounding out our lineup. Because they're, they're an underdog in the game. I think McCaffrey gets a lot of targets and a lot of catches. Devin Funches, questionable. And he sucks, kind of, still. Greg Olson had that big game against the Packers, has not done much since. Uh, and we both already had quarterbacks, so it made sense. that. So, so just a recap of our lineups here, Dave. We both have... You know what would be a real big sleeper would be Jonathan Stewart, actually. I th- was thinking about that, and this is the point I wanted to bring up when we were talking to Mike Beers. Drafting these best ball 1A guys like Jonathan Stewart, like Matt Forte, um, you know that they're going to have those weeks where they, they have like, these two or three touchdown weeks. Stewart might have one of those games in the playoffs, too. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I, the way that I'm just projecting this, I think it's, it's going to be a shootout. Uh, for Carolina and New Orleans. So that's why I wanted to make sure I get McCaffrey on this. Uh, Stewart only outscored McCaffrey, I think, one game in the last, like, seven or eight games. So probably not that good of a move. Okay. Well, I just throwing 200 bucks away. Last guy, um, before we get to our lineup recap, bold prediction from each of you about playoff fantasy football players. Um, I'll say this. Uh, I already mentioned the, the Cam Newton-Drew Brees combining for eight touchdowns thing. I'll say that I think Juju Smith-Schuster is the leading receiver for the Steelers in the playoffs. And I also said Derrick Henry, 130 total yards and two touchdowns uh, in the divisional playoff, or wildcard playoff tomorrow. That's, those are my three. Um, I would say that Cooper Cup actually has a, probably a 20% chance to outscore uh, Gurley, and then they lose. <laughs> so like, like, yeah. If there's a chance that Gurley, you know, maybe Cup gets a couple touchdowns. You know, this does happen occasionally. Where right. they go 7 for 70 and two touchdowns. For some reason, Gurley who scored 45 in weeks 15 and 16 doesn't get in the end zone, and then they lose the next week, and the Cup ends up outscoring him. And anyone, you know, the one of the 10% of people that have Cup actually get that W. Um, no, that that's that's bold, and I get it. Uh, just to recap our lineups here, Dave. Last year when we did this exercise, we only differed on two players. This year, we're only similar on four players. Perfect. This is we, nice. So we both have Brady, Bell, Gurley, and uh, McCaffrey. Yeah. So, and then you, your other guys are Mark Ingram, um, Adam Thielen, Julio Jones, Travis Kelsey, Jake Elliott, Jacksonville's defense. My other guys, uh, Leonard Fournette, Tyree Kill, Michael Thomas, Zach Ertz, Ryan Suckup, and the Minnesota Vikings. This is Seems really a little, interesting. It me, it's a little sacrilegious for me to have Tyree Kill on a team and you not have him. It's all right. I got McCaffrey. I'm all right. 
I'll but, survive. Yeah, just pick, picking up all your uh, your dynasty guys. <laughs> That's how it worked out. I have Kelsey on a few dynasty teams. Uh, well, okay, so hopefully we help people out. Do we have a tally of how many teams are left? Are we under the 400 mark yet? Uh, 412 right now. Oh, uh, 412, okay. So it, the time is running out. I want to encourage everybody to, once, once we're done with this podcast, which we're going to be done in about two minutes, set your lineup, get your team, set your lineup. You can always uh, modify them up until uh, uh, playoff time. And we just gave you two free lineups. <laughs> which is how much we love you on this show. All you have to say is the playoffs are the playoffs kind of are boring if you don't have some sort of thing going on. Yeah, like the world famous FFPC playoff challenge. <laughs> uh, so that is going to do it uh, for tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank uh, Mike Beers. Follow him on Twitter at Beerswater. Check out all of his work at RotoGrinders, RotoViz.com, and watch him on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this summer defend his Pros versus Joe's title. Thank the FFPC, Dave Gerzak, Rob, Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for listening all season long, all year long, really. Uh, and uh, good luck to uh, everybody in the playoff challenge this week. We are back next week, 10-9 Central. Big show, Dave. Yeah. FFPC main event champions. The $250,000 winners, Greg and David Zwickle, will be on the show next week. I'm very looking forward to uh, meeting those two gentlemen. Yeah, it's well, we will virtually meet them uh, through the uh, the magic of Skype. Uh, but they will be on the show next week. Uh, don't miss that one. Pick up some new dynasties. Uh, remember to do that at myffpc.com/dynasty. A lot of great orphans out there. There are uh, suggested prices on there. You can always email Dave, Dave at myffpc.com. Shoot him a low ball offer. You never know what he'll accept. Don't go too low. Yeah, I mean semi low. <laughs> Semi love all offer. Uh, MyFFPC.com slash Dynasty. Register for the playoff challenge. Uh, don't miss out on that. It's going to fill up. It's going to sell out. Enjoy Wildcard Weekend. Your Wildcard Weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dogs stay on the court. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Where you get that from? All right, so I lied. We're, we're going to go a little bit more than two minutes. Uh, there's two emails I wanted to read real quick. Okay. They're, they're important. This is bonus time? Bonus time. This is like the extra song on the, the yeah. CD. Yeah, this, this is the outro. Uh Zach Giraz got an email. I saved these two emails. I got them shortly after week 16. I saved them because I want to read them while you were on the air. Zach Giraz, I get uh, he love him. won the bare knuckles challenge this year with uh, Shane Gray. Nice. Get an email shortly after. Stuck on an elevator with these guys. Shortly thereafter, after week 16 ends, the final game, I get an email. Hey, bare knuckles, baby. <laughs> Tonight, the Johnny Walker blue flows like the salmon of Capistrano. Might have been inebriated when he said that. <laughs> but it was great. Nice. Final email tonight. Andy. That's awesome. Andy from Freaks of the Industry in Carrington League. Just finished the podcast this AM and laughed about your trade embargo. Might I remind you, <laughs> That's funny. Todd Gurley is on your roster as a result of a trade with me. I don't recall the details of my return other than Kevin White is who I took with the 104. Oh, awesome. I will say this. Oh, oh, I will say this. Yeah, I did get the better end of that deal. <laughs> that was one I really got the better end of. Wow. Um, and he ended up using – he got two, two other first-rounders for me. Uh, he took Kevin White, Doriel Green Beckham, and then it was, oh it was like another bad like, running back, like a P. Shows, Ryan type, but it wasn't yeah, P. Ryan. Yeah, it just shows you how those first-rounders can turn to pot. 
quickly. So they decided, that's a good pot. He decided, the Jeff Sessions band pot. <laughs> then he decides to double down on it. He's like, I also remember the Hyde Coats for Murray Washington deal. Did I get okay? Okay, so that was a, he totally got the better end of that. What was it? Um, I mean, there there was Marco Murray. No, no, no. Oh. there was. There was like Davius Murray and Washington there is, for high. We each, we each. You all got the hold on. Just let me get this out. We, Go ahead. Go we, ahead. we had um, there was one extra piece we each sent in, and this is irrelevant, but it, it ended up being Carlos Hyde and Sammy Coates for DeAndre Washington and Latavius Murray. Right. So you all got the ass end of that deal. Both of all I would have rather had Hyde. All four of those guys, guys, those guys are terrible. If he let me, I would do tradebacks right now, and I would take Hyde off his hands. Well, you can, you can take a ninth round pick. Congratulations, you get him back. He also said, did I, sucks. did I get a second round from you for Bryant? Okay, we're not bringing Martavis Bryant into this <laughs> because clearly you got the better end of that. That's pretty funny. He says, am I missing any others? No, you are not. Uh, he says, on another note, this championship game screams Watkins for 75 points in a win. Only thing more defeating for Dave would be if Watkins did it on a, quote, pitch count. Have a Merry Christmas. That's Andy Freaks of the industry. He ended up beating And he won. He won, yeah. He did a – his team was uh, – he had a good team, and it performed very, very well yeah. uh, the last three weeks. And he's a good season. guy, too. I like him. He's a great guy. And in, in that spirit, Dave, yes. because he's such a great guy, <laughs> yeah. and pointed out to me mm-hmm. that I actually got the better end. Of that Todd Gurley deal. Gurley now the centerpiece of my Carrington roster. Yeah. He is lifted from the <laughs> trade embargo from Blake Carrington for me. No longer. He's the only team I will trade with going forward oh, in that league. Oh, come on. He is lifted. The rest of you all are Cuba, the Soviet Union, everything else. I don't want to hear it. You're the worst. He's like Israel in the United States. That's it, right? That's exactly, exactly what it is. We move the capital for freaks of the industry. I feel like I, I run Venezuela now. Yeah, well, listen, you can run whatever you want. But Which you, I'm introducing my own cryptocurrency based on my uh, oil reserves. Well, you will not be introducing <laughs> any of my players under your roster this year because but there's only – I'm lifting the embargo for one team. Well, good for you. Freaks of the industry, you won Carrington, and uh, now you're winning my heart. <laughs> That's pretty good.